coming up on It's Time. See, one of the things that people respond to, friends, and this is what Peter's telling us here, people respond to love. Love is that which you might say summarizes all of what we as humans are in interpersonal relationships. Welcome to It's Time, the daily teaching ministry of Pastor Mike Kessler from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. We're in 1 Peter chapter 3, and today Pastor Mike is teaching about the family dynamic. In the last few decades, the family has become a casualty of the American dream. But the Bible still shows us God's desire and instruction for the family. With more, here's Pastor Mike. When we first get saved, we all have a lot of opinions. We still do today even as Christians. But as I walk in the Lord, I am forced by the Spirit, you might say. Now, the Bible uses the word compelled, okay. But we're compelled to take on the, you might say, the mind of Christ. In other words, I may have been raised, you may have been raised with different ideas about certain things. But when we become Christians, we adapt the philosophy of Christ. That's so important. That's what changes the way we think about things. That's what changes the way and how we vote. It's the way we change and the way we live. All these things are all based upon what you believe. Now, many of us, friends, were programmed wrong. We were programmed by the world, by maybe secular parents who did not love God. They had the philosophy that feels good, do it. It doesn't matter whether you're 10 years old or 50 or 100 years old. It really doesn't make any difference. Well, when we become a Christian, God begins then to integrate into our lives His principles, His purposes, His thoughts, and we abandon our old. The Bible says, old things pass away, behold, all things become new. And because of that, we then become conformed to the mind of Christ. Now, this isn't something that magically happens, friends. It's something that is a willful um, a willful thing that we have to do in our lives to allow God to do that. So, we, we look at chapter 3, and last week we just touched on it lightly. And I'll go over this just again very quickly, and then we'll go into... Uh, so, you might say this is part 2 of last week. But um, then we'll go into uh, the, the male's role. We talked a little bit about the female's role last week. And so it says, likewise, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands. Now this word submissive here all of a sudden makes the fur stand up on the back of many people. Because, you know, you pig, picture some guy in a wife beater t-shirt, you know, in a club going, submit woman. You know, that's not what it means. Necessarily, what it's talking about here is to to recognize his authority in the family. And we go back to Ephesians chapter 5 where it talks about the respective roles of the man and the woman in the home. Now, if you get this right, you're going to have a happy home. If you don't get this right, it's going to be trouble. Uh, And so this is why, uh, again, God uh, reiterates this. Now, friends, we know that there has been such a sociological change in America over the last, uh, maybe we might say the last 50 years, and especially over the last 30 years, uh, on the respective roles in the home. A hundred years ago, um, moms took care of the kids and dad went off to work. But as our society became more and more materialistically oriented, uh, both the moms and the dads began to work. The kids from school became latchkey kids. 
babysitters were now raising your children and adapting their values into your kids rather than the moms and dads of those children. And so these issues created problems for many of the people. Sometimes people say, well, I, I don't know what's wrong with my kids. Well, oftentimes it's because we haven't spent enough time around kids. I thank God for my mom and dad who spent endless hours um, with us. And my mom was uh, a stay-at-home mom. Uh, we drove old cars. Uh, that's why I know how to fix them, uh, because we had to fix them a lot. Um, I remember when I was about uh, five years old, we had an old Nash Metropolitan. And, uh, of course, it wouldn't be on the road in Southern California today because uh, it was the Blue Cloud Special. And you could tell where it went because you just followed the smoke. And I remember... I remember uh, it didn't have a trunk lid. It had a little thing in the, the back of it folded down. The back seat folded down. That's how you got into the trunk. And that's where my dad uh, kept the oil that we kept pouring in it. And I was little, so he'd always send me back there to get the oil to pour in the car. And, and But you know what? I had a mom because of that. And because of that, I also had a dad that taught me how to do things. And, and so when you when you understand that... Oftentimes, those issues that force you into what we might say not the luxuries of our society today, it also allows us to learn from one another, from moms and dads. And so uh, I thank God that uh, I was able to have a mom that stayed at home. And many of my friends who did have uh, parents that worked, those kids always ended up over at my house. Uh, and I always remember us all sitting around the kitchen eating because the other moms, they were, they were all off working. Now I realize for some of you moms that are single moms, I realize I'm not trying to lay a burden on you. I'm trying to say how important it is that these values in some way you can convey to your kids, even though maybe your situation at home is not the most ideal for that because you have to work. You do the best you can for them to provide for them the most normal family that you can. And I, I thank God for church. And, and, and again, I, I believe that there's a, a real, you might say, sociological change or demand in the church now from what it was maybe even 30 years ago. Because now many of you are moms and dads. You're becoming the moms and dads to these children that perhaps because of whatever events have happened in that child's home, they don't have a dad they can look up to. They don't have a mom they can relate with. And so we then, as the family of God, become that family that wraps around them. And so I I believe that as we look at this here, we go back, what you might say um, Peter is laying down here, is you might say traditional family values. Where the woman respects the man, understands his authority, and likewise, based upon Ephesians 5, that the husband loves the wife. In other words, he has an eye for her needs. Friends, you can say you love somebody all day long, but if you don't have an eye to take care of them, to see what they need in their life, you really don't really love them. Oh, well, they'll just figure it out somehow. Well, honey, the car doesn't run. I'll get a wrench and fix it. You know? It's having an eye to respond to their needs. As we read on here, it says, Be submissive to your own husbands or recognize his authority, that even if some do not obey the word. Now, I think we talked about this last week, interestingly enough, that even if some do not obey the word. Now, notice it doesn't say here, and even if that old guy that ain't a Christian you're living with. doesn't say that. Or that Christian guy you're, you're living with. It just says, even if some. 
whoever it might be, Christian, non-Christian, those who call themselves Christians, those that don't call themselves Christians, doesn't really make any difference here. It says they would be one without a word um, by the conduct of their wives. That's really neat. In other words, because of God's presence in your life, it changes him. Now, we talked about guys last week, just a little. We're going to talk about more of that in just a minute, so all the guys can get up here and leave in just a second. Um, but, but guys are kind of thick, you know, they're thick skin. But you know, as they see kindness every day, it will change, and it will bring forth a change in their life. In other words, when they see that you're kind to them, do you realize when uh, they go, well, I got her wrapped around my finger, I can act that way. Do you, don't Remember this, ladies. There's something that works inside every man, and that's called conscience. And if they're even a Christian at all, I know that God's going to be speaking to them concerning their behavior towards you. And so you keep letting your light shine, and you keep doing this. Now, something that I believe is very important. It says, when they um, observe your chaste conduct or your disciplined conduct accompanied by awesome respect. This is the word fear here, but it means awesome respect. When they see that... They're going to say, wow, there's something to what you're saying concerning Christianity. There's something to what you are as a woman beyond that of just pretty hair and a smiley face as we read on here. Because he says, don't let your beauty be on the outward adorning of of, uh, arranged hair or wearing of gold or putting on fine apparel. But let the hidden person of heart with the incorruptible ornament of gentle and quiet spirit which is very precious in the sight of God. You know, God looks at that, friends, and he sees that. And the thing is, so it says, don't let your beauty just be on the outside, but let your beauty be on the inside, and be careful, because if all it is on the outside, it's nothing nothing but a false front, like on an old building. You know, they got these old shacks, especially in the old west and the ghost towns, and they were all a bunch of shacks, but what they do is they put a real nice-looking front on them, real nice veneer on the front. The back of it was was hammered. Well, he said, don't allow the beauty to be on the outside, but it needs to be on the inside. Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't dress nice and to please our husbands or or wives, for that matter. We should do that. You know, if you're going to go and take your sweetie out to dinner, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, he goes, well, I put this shirt on clean four days ago. What's wrong with it? Well, you know, we need to be sensitive to others as well. If there's something that your husband or your wife doesn't want you to wear or to dress like, then don't do that. Because again, let your beauty be on the inside. Now, we're not talking here about, again, trying to win over a person that perhaps is not a Christian in an abusive situation. I want to clarify that. talked a little bit about it last week. If you're in an abusive situation where you're being physically beat or hit, I recommend people to get out of those situations. The courts are filled with murders and and domestic violent cases where people have been severely or permanently injured or dead because of that kind of behavior. That person needs help. Whether it's coming from the man, whether it's coming from the woman, we're talking about domestic violence here. Get out of those kinds of situations. Second of all... um, we want to we want to make clear of of uh, extreme verbal abuse. Now, I don't suppose there's no. I, I know all of you are all just little Sunday school kids here, and nobody ever raises their voice, and we all have wonderful days, and nobody ever goes. Rah! We have those days, 
But what we're talking about is a sustained, verbal, violent type abuse. Uh, those are, those are, are things, moms and dads, that your children in the home observe. And I thank God that I, I did not have violent parents. They were Christians, and thank God for that. And so you always have a reference in your life of that. But you know, for some of you that perhaps witnessed your parents um, screaming at the top of their voice at each other or beating each other with, with things, uh, see, the problem, moms and dads, is that's programming into your children's minds. And then as they get older and they begin to date and look for a potential mate in their life, that's going to severely damage the way they perceive love and the way they respond to one another. And, and you don't believe that that's deep-rooted, friends. You, you read any of the books today. You look at the things that go on today, and you can see that it is a, it, it's an epidemic in our society. Now, one of the things that we talk about that we enjoy at communion... And this is one of the reasons why I think it's very timely. The message today coincides with communion... And that's this, that, you know, the Bible says that the blood that was shed for us, as Jesus held up the cup, he said, this is the cup of the New Testament, which is shed for you. No longer the blood of bulls and goats and animals to have our sins forgiven. Now the blood of Jesus. But he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And he broke the bread and he passed it around. And what was so significant of that is we also find up in Peter, it says, by his stripes were healed. And we find this in Isaiah 53. And one of the things that we understand then is that we need to be healed. A lot of us have been so badly programmed in our life that you need a divine touch from God to have that removed from your heart and you need to relearn the principles of Christ. Now, there is a a bit of effort here that goes involved with this and we live in a very lazy society today that doesn't want to do anything. But as we read on here, you're going to see how important it is to integrate these into your life. In other words, go out of your way to be nice. My dad always said this. He says it's so nice to be nice. It's true. Don't, Don't you rather be around somebody that's nice than somebody that's always mean? Haven't you ever seen that? Now, we all have bad days, friends. There's not a person listening today that doesn't have a bad day. But you know, you need to learn, as the Bible says, as Peter understood, and I believe this is why Peter wrote this, (laughs) casting all your cares upon him, he cares for you. Because we live in a world filled with care and weight and burdens. We need to go to the Lord and take it there. And friends, this is something that you say, well, Mike, I did that like 10 years ago. You know what I found? I have to do it every day. It gets overwhelming. And don't think because you're a pastor, your problems go away. (laughs) They get worse. You stand in front of people... They just got a little better target at you with the gun. They can shoot at you easier. And I'm saying that for every one of us. Moms, dads, when you make a stand in your family, you're going to be a target of perhaps your children's criticism for a while. But when they know you mean business and they begin to understand why you say what you say, they're going to connect the dots and they're going to say, that's right. See, one of the things that people respond to, friends, and this is what Peter's telling us here, people respond to love. Uh, in other words, love is, is, is that which you might say summarizes all of what we as humans are in interpersonal relationships. And chapter 3 here of 1 Peter really deals then with that issue of love and relationships, and it begins in the home. So he goes on and he tells us, For in this manner, in former times, 
Holy women who trusted God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. It's interesting here. Adorn themselves. Now, we don't usually think of submission to a man as an adornment like a pretty gold earring or a nice necklace. But that's what he's saying here. He's saying it's as much an an adornment on a woman is being submitted and loving her husband and always talking the best about him in public. You know, and and it's dangerous because a lot of times people do that and they'll they'll be around and oh yeah, my husband. He and you know what? It eventually gets back to the guy. And you know what that makes the guy feel like doing? You, You know what I found in my life? Criticism rarely motivates me to do anything except to run away from that person. You ever notice that? It's true. Now that doesn't mean there isn't time for correction, and we know that we need to do correction. And you know, much of the New Testament is corrective lettering. From either Peter or Paul or one of the other authors, James, we see many corrective letters in the New Testament. But you know what we usually find, whether it's Jesus or whether it's Paul or whoever? They recognize the accomplishments in which the person has done before they administer the correction. So in other words, Jesus, we remember, lists the things, church at Ephesus, he lists the things that he liked about him, but he says, but I have this against you. And he begins to correct that. Paul the Apostle did this as well. He, addressing the Corinthian church, he lists the things that they were doing right and then says, this is where you need correction. Well, it's the same way it is with anybody. But here's the problem. When, when, as an example, in a, in a corrective type heart, if you don't recognize the accomplishments of what they're doing, basically you're saying, I really don't care too much about you. All I ever see about you is the things you do wrong. So whether you're correcting your children, or trying to have a better marriage, or whatever it might be, when those things are lacking in the home, we all need to be admonished. We all need to be built up. We all need to be loved. And friends, it's a market society. If you're not getting it at home, you'll find it somewhere else. And that's the dangerous part of today's society. Listen, if you listen to what I'm saying, you might save your home. Notice what others do for you and say, thank you. There's nothing that feels any better. Am I wrong or does everybody agree with this? See, the problem is today is that we live in a selfish society. A selfish society sits in the chair and says, you do all this for me. Yeah, that's because I'm cool. (laughs) No, (laughs) not. I guarantee you if they're doing it, they're not going to be doing it very long. Because there'll be a point in time where they say, enough's enough and I'm not appreciated. And um, they leave. Do you realize how many homes could be saved if simply somebody would say thank you? You know what? When you say thank you, it says, I recognize what you've done for me. Do you realize that's the first ingredient in becoming a Christian to Christ? Where you look at Jesus and you say, thank you. Thank you. You say thank you. Because it recognizes the effort expended on that person for what they did for me. Jesus did something for you and me, friends, we could never do in ourselves. He died on the cross for us. To save us from our sins. Thank you. You see? Because I noticed. Now, he goes on and he says, As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughter you are, and if indeed you do good and are not afraid with any terror. He's saying, listen. He's saying, Sarah obeyed Abraham. Now, Sarah put her, (laughs) Abraham put her through a lot of kind of weird stuff. But Abraham, but Sarah trusted God. And God is the one that vindicated. Now, it says, likewise, you husbands. Dwell with them with understanding. I saw a t-shirt one time. It says, I only do what the voices inside my wife's head tells me to do. 
But it says, you husbands, dwell with them. The word dwell comes from the word sun, S-U-N in the Greek. But it means literally to cover and to dwell with them. It, it's it's an uh, uh, encompassing thing as a family. Very important. It says to dwell with them with understanding. Now, understanding, friends, some of your old King James Bibles will use the word knowledge here. Dwell with them with knowledge. What it's saying is that to do your best to understand how they think. You go, Michael, I've had five wives. I know how to marry them. No one knows how to understand them. No, 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 I'm not... No, really, it's saying this. God wouldn't tell us to do something that's impossible. And understanding, how do we understand? Let me ask you this question. How do you learn? How do we all learn? Observation, listening, the facts. And by by observing someone, you learn about them. You understand them. And understanding somebody is, I think, part of that that says, I love you. It's an I for what you see in that person. How can I minister to you in your life? Understanding simply gets back to, I noticed. Understanding, or in the old King James, with all knowledge, or with knowledge, speaking there again of understanding how they think. Well, I I know girls think a lot different than guys think. You know, um, women are from uh, Venus and men are from Pluto or whatever it is. And and, um, Daffy Duck. (laughs) But but no, I, I mean, I know we're different. We think different. And perceptions are different. But it's saying here to dwell with them, live with them, and here's the secret with understanding. Understanding, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when we observe what the Bible says, when we observe them, we get a better idea and understanding of what they like, what they don't like, and do those things. You see, you can do things that have no meaning in in, in relationships. Well, you know... I said, I, I got this, this little cartoon on my, on my refrigerator. I still have it. This guy's getting ready to go away to college. He's on a date with his girlfriend. He goes, you know, we've dated for the last nine months together and I'm getting ready to go to college and I want to give you something to really express my love for you. He pulls a box out of his pocket. The girl's heart is racing. He opens the lid of the box and he says, it's the shift knob off of 67 XKE Jaguar. He thought she was going to be impressed with it. Well, a lot of times, guys, that's the way we are. We think what impresses people doesn't, and what they really need is what we don't do. So guys just say, well, you can't figure it out, so forget the whole thing. No, no, that's not the way you do it. That's Pastor Mike Kessler with It's Time. I'd like to take this moment to invite you to get your free copy of It's Time to Grow, the new believers booklet written by Pastor Mike. It's Time to Grow answers many of the questions new believers have in a clear and concise manner, followed by the scripture references for each statement made. It's Time to Grow can be yours simply by dialing 800-357-4226. That's 1-800-357-4226. Or you can order it online for free at csnradio.com. Don't forget, if you'd like a copy of today's program, you can call our toll-free line I mentioned before, and that's 1-800-357-4226. Also, the daily free podcast is available through iTunes by searching for It's Time in the iTunes Store. 
On behalf of Pastor Mike and all of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's